Hey there, and welcome to the Fedora Podcast. This is episode 26. I'm Eric, the IT Guy Hendricks, and this is the podcast to teach you about the how the Fedora community works. We bring you news, interviews, and more. On today's episode, we'll be talking to Carl George, buddy mine here at Red Hat, and uh, we're going to be talking about extra packages for Red Hat Enterprise, or not for Red Hat, I'm sorry. Wow, I got Red Hat on the brain, um, as you might imagine. Uh, so we're going to be talking about extra packages for Enterprise Linux, and yes, it does work on RHEL. <laughs> um, so before I say anything else stupid, let me bring on Carl, and he can he and I can say stupid things together. Carl, so great to see you, so great to connect with you, really excited to have you on the show. Howdy, how's it going? Uh, not too bad, we, we had an extra day off yesterday, and... Uh, I used it to go and get burnt to a crisp out on the lake, but it was fantastic. Great time with my kids. Did you take a boat out there or uh, just playing on the shoreline? Yep. Uh, yeah, boat, tubing, and uh, and you know, a lot, lot of a uh, lot of snacks and a lot of sun. Yeah, you look a little red. <laughs> yeah, a little <laughs> bit raccoon eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm. I, I still feel like I'm burning. <laughs> so fun fact carl and i actually were part of the same uh new hire orientation at red hat so that means that that carl and i joined red hat at, at pretty much the same time uh, and uh and so i th i think you and i kind of had some communication uh beforehand uh but then ended up and wait are you yeah and and you Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. So, you know, Carl and I have known each other for a few years and, and had the pleasure of connecting at, at New Hire and most recently at Summit. So really glad that you uh, you volunteered to come on the show. Although I'm, I'm pretty sure I asked, do you want to? And you're like, yes, I already have the episode planned. So <laughs> <clears throat> Apple is definitely a passion of yours and, and a huge uh, asset to the inter enterprise Linux community. So why don't we start out with uh, a little bit about yourself? Uh, what, what's your day job? What do you do with uh, Fedora and the open source community? And then uh, by popular demand, this question has made it back into the interview. Uh, what do you do for fun? All right. Well, like you said, my name's Carl, Carl George. Uh, I have been at Red Hat same time, about the same time as you, like you said. The December, tw December 2019 was whenever I was hired, some, some day in there. And you were probably around the same month. Yep. Um, before that, I worked at a hosting company here in San Antonio where I live for a little while. Before that, I was in the Army. And... Uh, yeah, I've only had three three jobs in my adult life. I tend to stay at jobs for a while, um, but got, while I was at that host company, I worked on. Uh, I started working on Apple and uh, getting involved in the Apple community. That was actually my bridge into the Fedora community in general. Was trying to figure out how I could get involved with Apple packages, contribute fixes, things like that. And um, luckily, that made me all the right contacts, and eventually got got me a job here working at Red Hat. Not initially working on Apple. Uh, initially I got hired to work on CentOS stream. And, but after doing that for two years, I think, um, someone in my leadership chain asked me, uh, well, how would you like to, uh, start a team just working on Apple, like primarily focused on Apple? And I said, well, yeah, actually that's, that's what I wanted to do in the first place. So, um, uh, started as just a team of one, I've grown to a team of two now, uh, me and my teammate Diego, and we are part of the uh, we're a team within a team so that you might've heard before about the community platform engineering group uh, inside mm -hmm. Red Hat. I try, I think it's called team, but I try to call it group to differentiate it from the teams within that group. Uh, me and Diego are on the Apple sub team within that wider team. Uh, the rest of the team does interesting things like Fedora infrastructure and release engineering. Uh, so there's other recurrent initiatives that come up. Um, one of the more recent ones was getting the uh, new account system rolled out for Fedora that CentOS mm. also uses. Uh, changes like that will oftentimes fall on uh, the CPE team's, uh, you know, purview to take care of and address. Gotcha. Oh yeah, and you asked about myself more, huh? Uh, yep. So let's see. People, so that's work. People seem to like then, it when they realize that you actually have a life and do things. <laughs> so for so for uh, personal life, I like staying cool. Uh, I was telling. Uh, <laughs> I was telling Eric earlier that my AC actually went when uh, not out completely, but stopped working all the way last night, uh, called a repairman this morning and luckily was able to get him out here pretty quickly. Things are cooling off now. So uh, it's definitely needed during the Texas summer. I also, like you mentioned, going out to the lake, I like doing uh, water and lake and river and pool activities as well, especially during the summer days. 
Uh, during the fall, I like to get out, get out and go uh, deer hunting uh, or uh, or bird hunting. Sometimes the most recent hunting trip, I got to go to go up to Oklahoma for goose goose and duck. That was a lot of fun. And uh, let's see, uh, just trying to show uh, show my kids things that I'm interested in. Uh, I've got both of them using Fedora, and uh, they like playing Minecraft on their little used ThinkPads that I got off of eBay. <laughs> and oh, that's perfect. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Or take them out, out, get them outdoors. Also, uh, I have a little bit of a weird dichotomy of that. I like the outdoors, but I'm also a nerd. So, like my hunting friends don't really understand like the stuff that I do at all. <laughs> and sometimes they'll make the mistake of asking, like Carl, so what exactly do you do for your job? And right. I usually push back, and I'm just like computer stuff. You you don't you don't want to worry about it. Every once in a while, they'll push back and ask, like, well, tell me more, like what kind of computer stuff? And I don't get, but, you know, maybe a few sentences in before their eyes start to glaze over and they're like, okay, so this is why you don't like want to talk about it. And I'm like, no, I love talking about it. I just know that most people aren't going to comprehend it. Well, and especially with the nuance of depth that you have with the open source community versus uh, like paid vendor type relationships. I mean, you're you're in this very, very... Uh, shall we say dynamic space in between <laughs> the community and, and companies that charge for Linux. Um, but before we get too, too far into that, why don't, why don't we take a step back and let's talk about what Apple or Apple, uh, what it is, it, obviously that's short for extra packages for enterprise Linux. So what, what is it and why do we, de- why do we need it? <laughs> so to explain Apple, I usually start by explaining a little bit of how Fedora and rel red hat enterprise Linux work together. Um, Fedora is a community distribution. It's sponsored by Red Hat, has a lot of Red Hat engineers involved in it. and But Fedora has way more packages than what would be reasonable to support in the enterprise space. So uh, the last time I looked, I think Fedora was around 60-something thousand packages, and RHEL itself is like five or 6,000 packages. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, don't quote me, but it's like roughly around 10% would be a good rule of thumb for uh, the amount of Fedora that actually makes it into CentOS stream first and then becomes the next RHEL major version. Um, everything that doesn't make it into RHEL, uh, basically the stuff that Red Hat doesn't want to support for its customers, um, is eligible to be built in the Apple project, which it's still, it's Apple is still part of Fedora. It's part of the Fedora project. Um, the branches for Apple are maintained alongside the Fedora branches. Um, but those packages, instead of being built against the corresponding Fedora release, they're built against actual RHEL. And so they, they're they put in that repo and then they're available to the community members. So a community member could maintain their own package in Fedora and Apple. Uh, if that package just does end up getting important to Red Hat customers and Red Hat decides to add it to RHEL, then it would be retired from Apple. We have a very strict policy of not conflicting with RHEL in any way. Uh, it's It's right there in the name, extra packages only. I think one of the things to to differentiate there is that uh, if if there's a package that you get from say the uh, from the rel repository, you can open up a ticket, you can get support on that. But uh, then if it's if it's a tool or a package you get out of Apple, uh, Red Hat's going to say, "Sorry, you might look at this resource, but beyond that, we can't really do much for you." Right. They are community maintained and com- community supported uh, packages to whatever right. extent of support you, you'll get from the community. Right. But, I mean, the good news is that a lot of packages that are in RHEL got their start in Apple and got a lot of community support, got a lot of uh, enterprise usage, and to the point that someone said, we really need this in, like, the official repositories because this is really important for the for the benefit and the use of, of people that install RHEL at, uh, at say, an, an enterprise. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we hear a lot of feedback like about that with the whole reason my my team and my position, my current position exists is because uh, the feedback from customers got loud enough that packages in Apple, even though they're not supported by Red Hat directly, um, they're supported indirectly with my team with engineering resources, but not on a, you, could, you can't open a support case for an Apple package. Uh, many customers understand that and they're okay with that but they still need those packages available. They need them to exist for the corresponding Apple repository for the version of RHEL they're on. And so we would see that come up in feedback from customers about, I can't upgrade, say, from RHEL 7 to RHEL 8 until these Apple packages are available or become or get added to RHEL directly. 
So they'll bl it'll block major version upgrades and customers that get on newer versions of RHEL itself are easier to support. So mm -hmm. we want to remove that as a roadblock for those customers as much as we can. But one thing I, I definitely have noticed, because I've, I've been in my current role for a couple of years now, and uh, actually it's right at two years now, I, I believe. I think I started with the, I think I started in the rail business unit in, beginning of July a couple of years ago. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I was I was a part of our team during the rail nine launch. And I was curious if you had any thoughts about uh, Apple nine and uh, comparing that to, to older releases, because it seemed like across the board, uh, between Apple, between our partners, uh, we were in a position, particularly thanks to CentOS Stream, that we had a lot more packages available for RHEL 9 on day one or within a couple of days after. Yeah, you just summarized it pretty well. Um, that's exactly <laughs> what we did. Uh, we, I mentioned that being a, you know, being a blocker for customers that want to upgrade their major RHEL, you know, to the next major version of RHEL, and uh, wanting those packages available. So we got to thinking about it. We had just started the team and we knew that, you know, Apple nine is the first thing that we need to work on. How can we do it better than we have before? Uh, I don't remember the exact timing, but Apple eight didn't really, it sort of launched as like a beta thing. And then it just had a real slow uptake. We didn't really officially launch it and get all the little details sorted out. Uh, I think about six months in, uh, mm -hmm. it took a long time to get it, get it going. So around the, around the 8.1 um, release, I think, um, and because of that, because we didn't open it officially open it till then, a lot of main Apple maintainers didn't add their packages until then. And that takes time as well. Mm -hmm. So for, you know, a large portion of those packages, you know, customers were looking at maybe real 8.2, 8.3, or even later, some of them, some of those packages still aren't there. We still have requests come in where somebody says the package I want is in Apple seven, but it's not in Apple eight or Apple nine. Um, so we looked at that for nine and thought, how can we do this better? And what jumped out at me was just the obvious of start it sooner, open up the floodgates, let the maintainers do, do their thing. Um, we're not, cause our, our, you know, we were a two person team. There was no way we were just going to build everything ourselves. And even well, if we not? did, that would be, <laughs> that would be a, a ban, a short-term bandaid fix. That's not a sustainable ongoing, uh, maintenance, uh, approach to, to it. So we wanted to get it open up as soon as possible. Uh, and you mentioned CentOS Stream because CentOS Stream launched about six months before CentOS Stream 9 launched about six months before RHEL 9. Uh, we started with that as our base to build against, started building packages, launched Apple. Um, and the maintain, just like we were hoping, the maintainers came in droves and we got lots and lots of packages built. I want to say the final number was like 2,300 or 2,600 packages uh, that we got built and that's that the community built, not, not me. Uh, that the community rallied around and got those stood up. And so we were able to launch rel with, you know, thousands rel nine with thousands of community maintained packages available uh, right on day one, which was a mm. huge, huge improvement over what we've done in years past. That's fantastic. I mean, that's, that's exactly what, what, uh, what the prediction and the, the assumption was when, uh, when CentOS stream moved between Fedora and rel and I mean, even even from the enterprise side, working on the RHEL team, it's it is amazing how much support uh, we had day one, and uh, just the the sheer number of packages. And I think you were sending me stats like every few days, and and it was increasing not by not by single digits, but by hundreds of packages every few days. Mm -hmm. uh, so I mean, it was just an amazing opportunity to see. Uh, rel engineers and community developers all working together on this <clears throat> let me see if i can uh, run those numbers again i i do know yeah. that earlier this year apple 9 surpassed apple 8 for number of packages available which was really mm. awesome to see and while while carl's pulling that up sorry i should have suggested that uh during the pre-show but uh, we got talking about air conditioning in texas summers uh but while carl's looking that up now's a great time to uh to join us in chat this is uh this is an interactive forum. Uh, so if you have any questions for Carl or uh, any questions about Apple, uh, feel free to throw those into chat. Um, <clears throat> but uh, when, once you're ready, go ahead and share your screen and we can, or if you just want to read those out, I can throw those in chat. Oh, it's not, it's nothing <laughs> worth looking at. It's just a little script that I run that uh, it downloads the repo data and then does some hmm. XML magic on it and gets the total number. <laughs> it's running right now. We'll wait for that. So while while uh, while we're looking at the numbers for for eight and nine, uh, might divert our conversation a little bit. But it sounds like you've got 
now that you've gotten a major release or two under your belt, especially as the the sub team for Apple as part of the community platform engineering, we'll come up with some really long, obnoxious acronym for for your for your <laughs> team slash sub team. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, it sounds like you've got a proposal uh, for Apple Ten. You really want to not change the direction for for Apple, but really want to change what Apple does and and how it's uh, how you interface with with Apple. You want to talk about that? Absolutely. Um, so I mentioned that before Apple Nine, when we first started the team, we started thinking, what can we do differently for for Apple Nine to make it better? And I think we did that. Um, and uh, yeah, I see the link right there. Uh, you just dropped the discussion Fedora discussion link in there in the chat, so that'll be great. Um, the uh, so I started thinking ahead to Apple 10, uh, which is what's next on our radar, right? Uh, Rails on a three-year major version, r- uh, rough cadence now. Uh, so that means that you know Rail Rail 8 came out in 2019, Rail 9 came out in 2022. So everyone, you know, it's no promise, but everyone should expect Rail 10 in 2025 based on that three-year cadence. Um, it's the same reason Rails also on a six-month minor version cadence. In case anyone wasn't aware. Uh, it's why those things have been getting out more regularly. Um, so I know that in, we know that in 2025, RHEL 10 is coming. And I'm guessing that in 2024, CentOS Stream 10 will be available. Uh, just based on the way that the development of the project's going, the way th- the discussions that have been happening in Fedora ELN, which is a whole nother sidebar that I think I can summarize that fairly quickly. Um, so I mentioned that, Cento- that CentOS is derived from Fedora and then RHEL is derived from CentOS. Um, Fedora ELN is Fedora packages. It doesn't have its own, it doesn't have separate sources, but it is the Fedora Rawhide sources rebuilt with all of the flags that they'll have once they become rel. Uh, so different compiler flags, certain macros defined differently. Um, that's really useful for packagers to find out that the conditional statement they put in their spec file uh, doesn't account for, you know, rel, the rel macro being higher than nine. So they need to adjust it slightly, things like that. Um, so Fedora ELN, um, they've been discussing about when they're going to start doing their first composes for CentOS Stream 10, and that's that's going to start happening this year. Um, hmm. That's not going to be like the launch of CentOS Stream 10, but it is the start of it the, when they're going to start doing their composes to make sure all the compose tooling works correctly. Uh, it's still going to be a sync from Fedora ELN. I believe that the uh, the plan is that the Fedora 40 branching point, uh, which we're not there yet, 38 was the most recent release, uh, Fedora 40 is whenever it's going to uh, the development of Stream 10 is going to branch off and uh, going to start getting unique changes. Until then, it's just going to be uh, pipe, build pipeline things, making sure that all the builds work correctly and all the composes work correctly, things like that. So we know this is coming up, uh, everything about 10. And I got to thinking about how we could do things better. Uh, we also have to talk about that. I also want to talk about another thing we did called Apple Next. Um, sorry, all of these things are like interconnected and it's like everything's a, a side conversation. Um, so we we started Apple 9 early, uh, but we'd already known in, before the Apple team actually got started inside CPE, uh, we started Apple Next. And what that is, um, CentOS, now that it leads RHEL by about six, month, six months, uh, when there's a library change coming to RHEL, then that happens in CentOS about six months early rather than like a month later when CentOS was downstream of RHEL. Um, when CentOS is a month late, later than RHEL downstream, uh, most Apple maintainers, if there was a library that changed, they just left it broken for about a month and just said, okay, well, I'll, I'll fix it once the changes in CentOS and then we'll fix the, fix the packages then and then it'll be fixed for everyone and just left it broken for RHEL, RHEL users. Um, now, with it being more than a month, that started getting less tenable. We would see not a lot, but a small handful of Apple packages that wouldn't install on CentOS Stream 8 uh, because of a library change that was incoming for the next RHEL 8 minor version, but hadn't happened yet. It wouldn't for, you know, three, four, five, six more months. Um, That wasn't really appealing. Uh, At the time, I was still on the CentOS Stream team, still inside CPE. Um, But what I wanted was that for an Apple package not working, I didn't want that to be a blocker for anyone trying out CentOS, CentOS Stream specifically. Uh, so we came up with Apple Next. It's an extra repo that adds on to Apple, uh, and it is a build target for maintainers when they have one of those libraries that are different. Uh, a good example is Qt and the K- KDE Plasma. 
Uh, QT gets rebased occasionally in RHEL. And when that happens, uh, every, everything that links against QT, uh, the biggest one being KDE Plasma in Apple, needs to be rebuilt against the new version of QT. Um, it's QT is fairly backwards compatible, but it still needs to be re- rebuilt to get all the right symbol versions linked to it correctly. Um, because of that, we need we, we couldn't just leave it broken for six months. We wanted to do something better. And that's what Apple Next is. Maintainers can take their Apple packages that are working on RHEL and not working on CentOS, rebuild them on CentOS, publish a slightly newer release in this Apple Next repo. Uh, RHEL users would, won't look at it. They just look at the main Apple repo. But CentOS users would look at both Apple and Apple Next, and they would get the higher release and get the compatible build. Uh, we knew we couldn't just do it in place because then if we rebuilt it for the new libraries and it, w- it would start working on CentOS, but stop working on RHEL. And we didn't want that either. Um, right. So we have this for just those those handful of things. It's usually less than 1% of packages that are affected by this. Um, we, ha- we had that for maintainers to target and build against. Um, so we started doing that. Um, but what we noticed from that, it was a solution. It worked. It got people compatible packages and it, it, it worked pretty well. It solved the problem for the most part. Uh, from a, we were bolting this onto the side of Apple type approach. Um, so we start for 10, I started thinking about how we could do that better. We had a couple of drawbacks with the Apple next approach. Um, the first one was that it was kind of confusing for users and maintainers. We, we had a lot of people think that Apple next was a standalone repo by itself, like a replacement for Apple, um, for CentOS users. And it's not that you use it with Apple. It's only got a handful of packages in it at any given time. Um, we also have maintainers confused about when they needed to do Apple Next builds. Uh, for the most part, maintainers could just do their main Apple build and it'll work on both RHEL and CentOS. Um, but we saw a lot of maintainers doing builds for both, thinking that they always had to do a build in both. And that mm-hmm. wasn't the case either. Um, so we had that confusion. And then the another pain point for the maintainers was that whenever something was rebuilt in Apple Next for a library change, when that same library change happened in RHEL, those maintainers had to do those builds all over again. That's not that big a deal if it's like one or two packages, but like in the case of KDE Plasma, you've got hundreds of packages that need to be rebuilt in a certain order. So that's double a massive amount of work. And that wasn't really appealing. So with that, all of that context, I know that's a lot. Um, <laughs> I started thinking about how we could do things better for Apple 10. RHEL itself is de- has minor versions and is developed with minor version branches. And I started thinking about that, and ha- and then there's some parallels there between RHEL minor versions and each new version of Fedora. Um, each new version of Fedora, um, or rather, the Rawhide branch of Fedora, which is a rolling release that keeps going through time, it doesn't really have a version. It technically sort of has the version of the next version of Fedora. So right now, Fedora Rawhide is, you could say it reflects Fedora 39 content, even though Fedora 39 doesn't exist yet. At some point... Fedora 39 will branch off of Rawhide, get its last finishing touches put on it, and then it'll be released as Fedora 39. Um, we sort of have something similar in, in the RHEL development space. Uh, CentOS Stream is sort of the Rawhide for RHEL. Um, it's not Rawhide like Fedora's Rawhide where it, it's getting breaking changes for the next mate for a major version, but it's got the changes that are, that are due and appropriate for the next minor version of RHEL. Uh, and then, the, of course, there's Stream 8, Stream 9, stream, and eventually we'll have Stream 10. There are major version branches. Um, so think of it like a major version rawhide. So you'll get some changes, but not the big breaking ones that you'll see in a new Fedora release. Um, so that that bran- that development goes on like Stream 9 right now. Uh, it goes on through time until it's end of life date. But the real minor versions, like 9.3 will be the next one. It'll branch off from CentOS Stream 9 get its fin- finishing touches put on it, and then be released as RHEL 9.3. Um, so there's some similarities there with the Fedora workflow in that maintainers can do their work in either in Rawhide or in CentOS Stream and then stage them for the next release. In Fedora's case, the next major version release. In CentOS Stream's case, in RHEL's case, uh, it's staged for the next minor version. I really was envious of that type of workflow because Apple, for all of its history, only only targeted the current minor version of RHEL that was published. Hmm. Apple Next made it where we actually start, even though we didn't really admit it or talk about it at the time, it made it where we were targeting two minor versions of RHEL, like 9.2 and 9.3 that wasn't released yet at the same time. Um, so I thought, well, if we're already targeting multiple ver- minor versions of RHEL, let's just 
lean into it because having Apple and Apple Next is confusing and has double work. If we just have minor versions of Apple, maintainers can stage their work, do all of their builds in the leading branch. It'll be compatible with CentOS Stream, uh, CentOS Stream 10. And then whenever the next RHEL 10 minor version happens, they'll have a repo ready to go with all compatible packages. Uh, and it's basically going to prove what we've told people, which is that the content in CentOS Stream is what you can expect in the next minor version of RHEL. So we're going to put our money where our mouth is. I mean, we're already doing it a little bit with Apple Next, but we're really going to lean into it and say the packages built against CentOS Stream 10 for this six-month month period are going to be what you can install on RHEL 10.0 on day one, which is sort of what we did with Apple 9, but we only did it for the 9.0 release. We didn't do it ongoing for every minor version after that, and that's what we're trying to do now is actually have a minor version branch for every release of RHEL uh, following through into Apple, Apple 10. Sorry, that was a nice long-winded answer. Did that answer most of your questions around it? It, it does. and uh... it's, a, it's a long thing to explain. It... In the right. uh, in the discussion thread that you linked, I actually have some uh, some markdown charts that I think actually help a lot explaining it. Um, but uh, if you want to see those, I would definitely encourage people to go read that discussion thread and comment with your feedback, or even just give it you know a reaction, a thumbs up, or whatever you think mm-hmm. about it. Um, there's already been a lot of good discussion there. Um, there's there's several things we need to f- still sort out uh, how it's going to work. Um, one of, the, one of the big ones that we had a lot of discussion around, it, kind of a minor detail, we had a few different ways that would have worked, but what we call the disk tag, uh, that is a subset of the release field. Normally for Apple packages, that's just .el8, .el9, similar for RHEL. RHEL packages use the same pattern. Um, sometimes you'll see RHEL packages that have the minor version there too. You'll see like .el9 underscore one in some packages. Um, and it's a much longer story to talk about why some real packages have that and some don't. I won't get into that. But for <laughs> Apple 10, what I proposed originally was just to le- lean into that, lean into the minor version thing and just use EL10 underscore zero underscore one, whatever it is for every Apple minor version branch and for every package, just to make it clear which which release it was built to target. Um, mm. I think that'll be a lot more sustainable approach um, than what we've done in the past. Uh, there was some discussion around that exact format. We talked about uh, ways we could do have s- most packages be just .el10 and other ones have that, but then there's some sorting problems. Um, there was another solution uh, that was proposed that had, uh, there's a special character, a tilde character that will do some interesting things with RPM sorting where normally EL10 underscore like one sorts later than EL10 by itself because of the mm. underscore one. Mm-hmm. Even if the leading EL10 thing is at a newer was built against the newer minor version, so we had to have some way to make that sort correctly. Um, there was a way to do it with by having the minor version ones use a tilde, but unfortunately, the tilde is not still not really widely understood by a lot of our community community members and people like that. Uh, I still see questions about it whenever a Fedora package takes advantage of it's it's a valid character in RPM. It's just not widely known about. Um, so eventually we uh, we did a vote within the Apple steering committee uh, and we decided not to do the tilde approach and just did underscore minor version for every branch is how we're going to implement mm. it. So little details like that are still being finalized. Uh, we're talking about how we're going to structure the release packages. Um, originally, I thought we were going to have to have a separate release package for RHEL and a separate one for CentOS. Um, but uh, we're actually experimenting with an approach with DNF variables where it, we won't actually have to do that. We'll have one Apple release package like we do now, um, but we will get rid of the Apple Next release package, which is what CentOS users need to use currently. Um, so a lot of little uh, fine details that we're still sorting out about how to implement it. Um, that's what we're discussing in those threads on Fedora, dis- Fedora discussions. Um, but we have lots of time to figure it out. We're we're probably going to start doing some kind of proof of concept in the uh, in the staging environment just to make sure that all the build targets work the way we expect them to. And the branching, uh, especially, is what I'm wondering uh, if it's going to... I want to make sure that it works the way we're expecting it to. But in the end, we're hoping that uh, users don't notice anything and maintainers just have a a more comprehensive, understandable approach to building their packages and staging them for the next minor version um, and not having to worry about multiple branches quite as much. Not having the confusion around the Apple versus Apple Next branches. 
That is a a glorious and wonderful explanation of this proposal. Uh, it, I, I expect I nothing I less from. <laughs> no, I I, I, uh, I expect nothing less from you, especially <laughs> when we'll have a, a conversation on Matrix and and I get the occasional response. Can we just chat about this? It's like, all right, let me grab my popcorn. Carl's <laughs> going to get on a soapbox. I have a few of those. <laughs> <laughs> But rather um, than getting on a soapbox, my, my script did finish running about counting up the uh, Apple packages. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so there, there's a difference between source packages and uh, like source RPMs versus RPMs. The RPMs are what you would install. Uh, the source RPMs are what builds. It's like the uh, it's the overall package. Um, one way to think of it, you may have one source RPM foo that builds foo and foo devil and foo docs, and so you'd have three pack three RPMs generated from one source RPM. Um, for source RPMs, Apple seven has 7,200, Apple eight has 4,900 and Apple nine has 5,800. Uh, so that's wow. from a, that's from the maintainer's perspective of the packages they're maintaining. Um, it's even more impressive when you look at the actual built RPMs. Um, we've actually had a big influx, influx of rust packages, uh, thanks to, uh, Fabio, I believe I'm saying his name, right. Uh, he's on the, uh, Fedora packaging committee with me. He does a lot of stuff with Rust in Fedora. He's great. Um, he's been bringing a lot of Rust packages to Apple to support uh, build dependencies for other other packages that are trying to be brought there. So on the RPM front, Apple Seven's at thirteen thousand, Apple Eight's at nine thousand, and Apple Nine Apple Nine is at sixteen thousand. So wow. coming up on double the RPMs in Apple Nine than are than are in Apple Eight, and it's Apple Nine's already surpassed Apple Seven on RPMs. Um, just not on the source RPMs yet, the input, mm. uh, but we'll get there. We'll get there before too long, I think. Yeah, that's awesome. And it, I mean, it really kind of confirms what the Fedora community and what the rel engineering teams all saw uh, with this move to CentOS stream. It really, forgive the pun, streamlined the, uh, <laughs> the build efforts. I won't forgive uh, that pun. That was terrible. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, <laughs> but I'm a dad and I'm entitled to some dad jokes. So, all right. All right. I guess it's forgiven when you, when you phrase it like that. <laughs> so you, you mentioned uh, maintainers and c- the community a lot. Um, so if, if there's someone in our audience who's new to Apple and new to uh, contributing to software, uh, how could someone get involved with some of the packages or with Apple itself? So I mentioned that Apple is part of Fedora. And so the answer to get involved in Apple is to get involved in Fedora. Uh, we'll have that question come up in in like our public chats or in, in Fedora discussions. Someone will, someone will ask about, hey, I want to maintain this package in Apple. And our first question is, are you already in the Fedora packages group? And if they're not, then we'll kind of, not to punt them, but we'll kind of redirect them there. Uh, the Fedora join SIG has some excellent documentation about how to become an active maintainer in Fedora. Um, and so it explains it better than we can. So we will send them over there and tell them, you know, if you have any questions, you know, feel free to ping us. We'll help, help you through it. Uh, but this is the documentation you need to follow. Uh, submit a package for review. Uh, you'll find a sponsor. Once you become, once you get sponsored, you're in the Fedora Packager group. And then any of the packages you maintain, you can add Apple branches to them. Um, or you could also, once you're in the Packager group, you can be added to other packages you're interested in co-maintaining. Uh, we'll have that sometimes where there's somebody wants to bring a package to say Apple nine and it's not there yet. Um, the Fedora maintainer could do it themselves, but sometimes they're not interested in maintaining Fedora branches that they only use Fedora and they don't want to think about Apple. Um, but they, they're not blocking the package being added. They're just not wanting to do the work themselves. So if another packager says, Hey, I can do this. I can do this for you. You know, aside from them getting, becoming a packager in the first place, but once they are a packager, they can say, if you add me as a co-maintainer, I'll maintain the Apple branches because I want to use it on RHEL 9 or CentOS Stream 8, whatever it is. Um, and so we've had a lot a lot of uh, maintainer increase with that, where uh, maintainers join, join the Fedora project because they want to maintain Apple packages, because they have packages they want to see brought to the newer Apple branches. Uh, they'll get involved that way. They'll become Fedora packagers. 
Um, if they're adding new packages, then like I said, they're also a Fedora maintainer. So then they're maintaining their package that they got reviewed in Fedora in across, you know, say Fedora 37, 38, Raw, Rawhide later on the new Fedora releases, and they'll add it to as many Apple branches as they feel like. Maybe they only need it on Apple 9. Maybe they want to provide it on Apple 7, 8, and 9 and just provide it in every place possible. Uh, it's all just what they're willing to do volunteer-wise and what they're willing to maintain and take bug reports for. So it's not a matter of just getting involved with, with the Apple community. It's it's really getting involved in the Fedora community and then moving into Apple specifically, if that's that's where your, your package would, would receive the most benefit. I'd say Apple will be in that, from the maintainer perspective, Apple would be like a focus area of the Fedora project, not just its own thing. Um, I know that Matthew Miller, uh, he talks about the Fedora project leader. Whenever he's talking about Apple internally, he tries to always say Fedora Apple to remind people, uh, people inside Red Hat that Apple is part of the Fedora project, that mm-hmm. it's not just this important thing that's off on its own on an island. Uh, it's it's part of Fedora. Right. And I think, I think one of the reasons he wants to make sure to uh, reiterate that is that uh, we look at some of the download numbers for Apple packages versus Fedora packages. Um, and Apple packages are hugely popular. Fedora is great. A lot of us Red Hatters use it on, you know, everywhere we can uh, and advocate for it, talk about it at conferences, all those things. Um, but the usage numbers for RHEL and its ecosystem are much higher. Uh, and so Apple packages are much more widely used than most Fedora branches. So hmm. it's it's a it's the probably the most popular artifact uh, from the Fedora project. So it's important to not forget that we're part of Fedora whenever people say, oh, yeah, Apple's great. Mm-hmm. I, I use it everywhere then you're using uh, something from Fedora. Right. So as, as we kind of wrap up, is there anything that you would like to, to share with people? Any, any thoughts, any, any burning ideas you want to get out into the open? Hmm. RPMs aren't dead. <laughs> we see that, uh, we see that happen a good, uh, a lot conversations about that, about there's new universal packaging formats, um, flat pack and snap and things like that. And I don't, personally have anything against those. Um, I don't really use those myself mainly because I understand RPM really well. Um, I actually just got back from, uh, and I saw, saw you there also uh, red hat summit. I did an mm-hmm. RPM packaging workshop there. <clears throat> uh, actually Eric's boss asked me if I could come and do that workshop with him at red hat summit. So, uh, that was fun. Um, so I like RPM a lot. Uh, it's a very, it's very old technology, but it's very mature. And I, and I, I don't know, it, it scratches something in my brain that I like. There's nothing, I don't have anything against flat packs or snaps or app images or any of those other things. But I think that there's, <clears throat> there's certain advantages to, to using times you would want to use those. And other times that sticking with our, uh, the mature RPM technology is a much better approach. Um, other people can talk about and advocate for like, say flat pack. Uh, but for me, I like helping other people understand how RPM works just because I'm, I've been doing it for a long time. And, uh, so the more RPM package maintainers we have, the more people can help share the maintenance burden and maintain what they care about in Fedora directly. Uh, and Apple as well. Apple doesn't do anything with flat packs. It's just RPM packages. So, uh, and I think in a lot of times, um, for flat packs at least, I think snaps are a little bit different. But flat packs work, seem to work really well for desktop applications and mm-hmm. not so well for server command line oriented applications. So for right. a lot of things, RPM still a lot better fit uh, and for like something that like Red Hat Enterprise <clears throat> Linux server that's targeting server environments, you'd still want to use RPMs there. And e- even the advocates for flat packs, if they wanted to contribute to or change something in the base distribution, they still need to understand that native packaging format. So right. it's still a useful skill. It's not going away, even if some even if some workloads work better as a flat pack. Not everything will. So it's it's funny you mentioned Scott and the uh, summit session you guys did together because he's going to be doing a we're we're actually adapting that uh, RPM build workshop into a thirty minute live stream on Friday. So those of you that know me on the from the Rel channel, uh, uh, we host a show every Friday afternoon called Into the Terminal, and this coming episode is about building applications using RPM. So, Carl, you'll have to drop by and and uh, first and I've heard give him hard <laughs> hard time in chat. Uh, we just had the planning meeting this morning, so 
who's going, who's going to be the uh, the willing victim of uh, going through the lab as everyone watches them. <laughs> so Scott and Nate uh, are our hosts for Into the Terminal. I've uh, I've taken a little bit of a step back into just a producer role uh, because trying to get uh, live demos and uh, monitor the man manage the stream, monitor chat, all that kind of stuff is is a little much for one or two people to do. So it's easier to have a couple of people on camera doing the doing the thing. And I'm I'm kind of behind the scenes right now. But uh, you'll you'll have to drop by and and uh, throw throw some uh, so throw some flack in in chat for for Scott. That sounds fun. So I noticed a, an interesting comment scroll by. Uh, yes, a couple of them. I saw a flat pack for the win, but RPM's the oldie but goodie. Um, oh yeah, you just posted it up there on the screen. Uh, Edward had a question about. Uh, he saw that whenever Red Hat decided to drop KDE, which I believe that was in Rel seven, or it might have been Rel eight. Um, I think it was, I think it was real late. Uh, I believe KDE is in rel, rel seven <laughs> and in rel eight, uh, red hat decided like, we're not maintaining two desktops. We're just going to maintain gnome gnome by itself. Um, but because Apple is extra packages, uh, it was very quickly added to Apple eight and it's maintained there. Um, that there, there is an Apple packager SIG. Um, we talk a lot about, what Apple actually is as far as the people working on it. And we've gone back and forth between is Apple a SIG? Is Apple a, uh, is it an initiative? Is it a, it's not really a spin of Fedora. Um, there's also, um, what's the other term? Working group is another one, another entity within Fedora that it could be. Um, and we're kind of a weird hybrid. We don't really fit into any of the existing buckets. Um, <laughs> what, what, I, what I tend to lean towards is I say it's a, it's an ongoing initiative, not, as opposed, most of the initiatives are short term, so it doesn't initiative doesn't even work perfectly either. Um, but I would say it's an ongoing initiative. We also have a SIG um, that is uh, that's not uh, the Apple that's different from the Apple team within CPE. Uh, that's also different from the Apple packaging. Um, sorry, the Apple steering committee, uh, where we talk about like policy stuff around Apple and how that's how that works. Things like you know not replacing rel packages. Um, so the Apple SIG, that is, you know, people that want to help each other with Apple packages and their dependencies. Um, some of those, some of those uh, uh, KDE dependencies are are part are maintained by the Apple SIG, um, but there's also a KDE SIG in Fedora, and that's where most of the maintenance actually happens. They take care of KDE in Fedora and in Apple. Yeah, a lot of nuance and a little bit of a discussion going on in chat about uh, about flat pack versus RPM, but. Uh... Yeah, it seems to be a hot button issue. So yes, when you asked me about burning things, I wanted to get off my chest. I was like, yeah, well, <laughs> here's a good one. Everyone <laughs> likes discussing this. Um, I know that it, it's come up recently in the news too. Um, there was some uh, a mailing list post that got into the the uh, the Linux news circuit around LibreOffice, and uh, what I've told people about that is that um, RHEL deprecates packages all the time. If you look at the RHEL release notes, usually every minor version something is deprecated. Where mm-hmm. it's decided, you know, we're just, we're going to keep the lights on for this and maintain it for the versions of RHEL that it still is in, but we're going to remove it from a future version of RHEL. Not always the next major version of RHEL. Sometimes it hangs around for a couple of releases, um, but definitely at some point in the future, people should plan for it not to be there. And that's what happened. Uh, the maintain the Red Hat desktop team indicated on the Fedora mailing list that uh, they 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 don't want to maintain LibreOffice in RHEL ten, and so. Uh, because of that, they're going to pull back their participation in maintaining the LibreOffice RPMs in Fedora itself. Uh, for RHEL in the future, they're expecting that the LibreOffice Flatpak is good enough. And if people want to use that, they can. And like I said, Flatpak works fine for desktop applications. Um, but they they withdrew from the Fedora packages, which is LibreOffice is a big name in this space. Uh, but this actual event happening is not uncommon. It's pretty regular. Something gets deprecated. The rel maintain. I mentioned that uh, rel is only like roughly 10% of the Fedora RPMs actually make mm-hmm. it into rel. Uh, so there's a huge amount of RPMs that are just community maintained in Fedora. And so when something, when rel maintainers draw, you know, withdraw from a Fedora package, uh, then those, those are up. They, they become what's called an orphan. Other Fedora maintainers can adopt them. Um, sometimes existing co-maintainers of the package that aren't that aren't working on rel can uh, just keep those packages going and just take over main maintenance of them directly. Um, and even sometimes it happens where the rel maintainers decide that 
even though they're it's not part of their job anymore, they may still want to keep maintaining that package in Fedora just on a volunteer basis because maybe they've been in that upstream community for a long time and they still mm-hmm. want it to work correctly on Fedora. So they'll they'll take it from being their their day job to their side project. Yep. Um, those sort of things happen regularly. Uh, it's it's a bit of a non-event. Uh, yes, LibreOffice is a big deal and a big name that people recognize, uh, but stuff gets deprecated all the time. Maintainers change. Um, and that happens in Fedora itself too, uh, aside from any kind of red hat business decisions. Uh, somebody, a maintainer may get busy with life. Uh, they may mm-hmm. not have time for Fedora anymore. They may, they may have a kid. They may get a new job that takes up all of their time. Uh, all kinds of things happen. Um, we have processes in place for that where, you know, if there's, if there's some kind of critical thing, there's a group called proven packagers in Fedora that can step in and fix things in a package, like get a, get a CVE backported or update to a version a new version that, fi- that fixes a CVE. Uh, so we have some crossover there. Uh, those aren't the primary maintainers of the package. So long-term, uh, what ends up happening, will like the orphan process, the package will get orphaned. A new maintainer will say, hey, I'll take that. I can, mm-hmm. I can take care of that package. I want to make sure it stays around. Um, if nobody adopts the orphan package, then after, I believe, six weeks, it gets retired from Fedora Rawhide. Uh, it stays in current Fedora releases and current Apple releases, um, uh, just until until those go end of life. So um, that happens sometimes where we'll have an, like an Apple package that the maintainers have withdrawn from. It may be orphaned. It may even be retired completely from Fedora. Uh, but we try to keep it keep it building and keep it secure as well as we can. Um, I say we. Uh, I guess the context for that we, we would be the overall everyone participating in Apple, not just the Apple team and CPE. Although we do look at those things, or the Apple steering committee where we also talk about those things. There's a lot of we in different contexts, you know, the wearing many hats thing. <laughs> For sure. Well, that kind of brings us to the end of uh, the end of our agenda. But uh, I, I can attest that Carl's very active out on Mastodon, out on the Fedora's discussions page, uh, and a lot of those different uh, special interest groups. So if you have questions or if you want to get involved, Carl's always available. Um, and and uh and the Fedora team is amazing at, uh, at bringing in new new maintainers and helping young developers get get started with something like uh, Fedora packages. So there's plenty of links that uh, we pulled together for this episode. Uh, if you're watching us live, give me about 30 minutes or so. I'll get the uh, the episode or I'll get the uh, show notes taken care of. If you're watching this after the fact, it should be we should have all the links and everything ready to go for you, as well as chapter markers. So definitely check that out. Um, so Carl, I really, really want to thank you for, uh, for joining us today. It was, uh, it was great catching up with you and, and great oh, chatting one more, about one uh, more thing I forgot about, um, sure. tying it, tying up the thread about LibreOffice. Um, mm. if, if everything goes through, like, uh, I'm not making any kind of product promises for rel itself, but the expectation that the, the rel workstation team talked about on the Fedora mailing list was that rel is not going to have LibreOffice. If that's what comes to pass, then anyone that wants to maintain the the main the LibreOffice maintainers in Fedora can branch that for Apple 10 and maintain it there as RPMs. So mm-hmm. um, that's that just gets back to the the extra part, the community part, uh, Red, Red Hat product decisions. Other than not overlapping it, staying true to that extra part doesn't really affect what's what's in Apple. You know, as long as it's not in Rel and conflicting, we can put whatever we want in Apple that follows the package guidelines. That's you know that's free software. Right. And, and I was, uh, I was not directly involved, but I, I was made aware of the change earlier on. And I mean, honestly, it's, I don't want to say it's a non-event, but uh, I mean, LibreOffice is supported by, is it the open, open document foundation? There's so many foundations now. I can't keep them all straight as well as an amazing community in Fedora and Apple. Um, So the idea that, Red Hat desktop team doesn't have the resources to maintain LibreOffice is only half the story. The other half was that even even in the in the Fedora develop mailing list, it was pointed out that the the Red Hat uh, desktop engineering team is very very much focused on finishing this this move to Wayland, trying to get some of the functionality, trying to get some of the feature parity, yeah, so, so that X11 can find called out specifically. Right, exactly. So trying to get those things fixed and working in Wayland so that X11, which is now like 300 years old, can finally be completely retired and we don't have to maintain both of those both those build structures. So that's that's what RHEL engineering is, is focused on. So why not let someone who's paid to do that 
focus on fixing those issues and then taking a well-maintained and well-supported project like LibreOffice and entrusting the community to manage that. Um, luckily, I don't think I don't think that particular story was was too terribly blown out of proportion. I know I saw some less than friendly comments out on social media and Reddit about that, but uh, it was a lot less than I was anticipating. But it, I I think a lot of folks actually took time to read that that thread and realize that there's a lot of things that need to be knocked out on the desktop and you know unfortunately red hat only has so many engineering cycles and the the power of the community is so much greater than what what a small desktop engineering team can manage uh, so i i felt like it long term it's going to be a good move for uh, for the community and i i i would not be the least bit surprised if libreoffice was available in apple 10 yeah, that's what I've noticed a lot with uh, <coughs> community discussions is that uh, nuance is hard and mm-hmm. uh, you may want to go into a long, detailed, nuanced take about how how this thing is this way. And then, you know, everyone else gets a bumper sticker slogan of, oh, well, this thing is terrible. This thing is that. And that's what gets traction, not the long, detailed, nuanced take that takes facts, t- takes in all the factors. Um Ask me how I know about this after working on the CentOS stream team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we both went through that transition. But before Carl has a chance to get me to say something stupid that I'll regret, <laughs> I think we'll wrap this episode. And uh, uh, so quick announcement around uh, the next episode. Uh, it's it's up in the air right now. Um, I'm going, I, I know this is ridiculous. I just started uh, working on the podcast, but uh, I'm going to take a step back for just a couple of months. Uh, summer has proved to be very, very, uh, well, insane. <laughs> so between uh, kids being home and, and work-life balance and a uh, very busy season at work, uh, I'm going to be taking a bit of a pause. I'm not going to say that the podcast is going to take a pause because uh, I've been in conversations with a few folks that want to want to host. So this is your chance. If you want to be part of the Fedora podcast, uh, join us on the uh, join us in the Matrix channel, and uh, and you know let us know what what kind of setup you have. What let us know if you've got any materials you can we can we can listen to, and we'll try and get you set up with the topic and a guest and uh, and and keep the podcast going. But as for me, I I need to take a step back for my own sanity a little bit. Um, in fact, there's this isn't the only uh, the only sacrifice. There's there's some D and D campaigns where. Uh, where a uh, particular gunslinger or wizard won't be uh, won't be participating for a couple of months, but uh, it's it's not the end for sure. Uh, but just know that uh, <clears throat> just know that um, I plan to be back this fall when things settle down, namely when my kids are back in school. Shh, don't tell them. <laughs> but uh, so, Carl, if you want to host, by all means, I'll set you up. <laughs> I think I'm going to pass on that, but uh, I would uh, I'd be open to being a guest again on, in the future <laughs> for sure. Yeah, you've been on Rel Presents. You and I've collaborated on a few other things. So always a pleasure to talk to with you. So on behalf of my guest Carl George and the entire Fedora podcast, jeez, uh, the entire Fedora community, thank you all for joining us, whether live or deferred. Make sure to ask any questions in the comments below. We try and answer those as quickly as possible. And stay tuned to uh, this YouTube channel as well as uh, social media, Mastodon, Twitter, all the things uh, to see when the next episode will get scheduled. Uh, hopefully, it won't be too much of a of a uh, of a break, but. Uh, Anyway, thank you all for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you again real soon. Take Take care, y'all.